Hello, Star Wars Beyond the Films listeners, or should I say Beyonders, perhaps even the Beyonders who ponder, as we see over on Facebook. Um, it's Nathan, Nathan P. Butler here, and I just wanted to pop in real quick uh, at the invitation of Mark and Jim to first say congratulations on 10 years of Star Wars Beyond the Films, Mark. Um, now, I know that this was not exactly a show that we kind of had a plan for in the beginning, I guess you could say. I was basically wrapping up my time with the EU review when uh, Andrew Loopy, uh, his time was being taken up by many other things. Kelly and I were kind of continuing the show as best as we could, but the realization was that at some point we were going to need somebody else to jump in. So I turned to Mark at the time and just kind of talked to him about the possibility of perhaps having him jump onto EU Review to continue it. But the EU Review was a little bit narrow in its scope, and the thought was, well, why not just do a whole new show, right? Why not jump over to StarWarsReport.com, launch a new show that looks at the stuff that is beyond the films, but maybe isn't as focused on the review aspect. So we could really have some interesting conversations. I'd like to think that over the course of the 10 years of the show, my tenure and Jim's tenure alongside Mark throughout, we've given some food for thought to those out there who are within fandom. So, first off, my thanks to Mark for being willing to jump into this early on so that we could keep the discussion going and really build something. And honestly, I feel like of all the shows that I've been part of, I was blessed in that the last shows that I was on was this and Cloud City Casino with Michael Morris because it was just a lot of fun each time. And the fun just kind of kept my spirits up in a time when fandom was becoming more toxic and things were becoming more chaotic around us. So don't take my leave taking in my retirement from podcasting as any negative on the show, because if I could have, I probably would have continued working on the show for ages to come. But uh, it is awesome to see how Jim has come in and has really kind of added his own spin on that second chair here for the show. It has been great to listen to. I've really enjoyed the stuff you guys are putting out still. And it's awesome to see that the show has managed to reach that 10 year milestone, which is not something you can say for a lot of podcasts. Heck, you can't say that for any of the time that I spent on any podcast, and I did it for 18 years. So, you know, there's something to be said for a 10-year mark for any single production. It does not happen often. Now, I know some of the listeners out there may be interested in kind of knowing what's been going on with me since I left the show. Basically, you know, life continues. Uh, my son is now three years old, believe it or not. It seems like he wasn't born all that long ago, but the time just kind of zips by. I'm still teaching online. That, of course, has become a whole new thing in the time of the pandemic, where we are sort of, instead of being the newfangled cool thing, we were just sort of the people doing it first who had a better grasp on it to be able to sort of guide others within our county and within, you know, the teaching community in terms of, you know, those who have been doing online for a while, being able to sort of guide the practices of those who were kind of thrown into it. Things are slowly getting sort of back to normal with teaching, though not really <laughs> with everything that's going on right now. But at least from an online standpoint, it wasn't as disruptive as it otherwise perhaps could have been. I'm continuing my stuff on Patreon, continuing my stuff on YouTube, primarily on YouTube, but from the Star Wars Home Video Library, not a lot of other stuff at this point, uh, just because of the way that time, uh, you know, slips away from me so often, which is, of course, the reason for retiring from podcasting in the first place was the time issues and the scheduling issues that just made it you know, more of a burden on anybody else to try to work with me. And then uh, probably the biggest thing, which may be my last magnum opus type thing for Star Wars fandom, is that I just finished up at the end of 2021 the second edition of A Saga on Home Video. So it went from being about a 300-page book with about 300-plus 
grayscale images to look at the breadth and scope of Star Wars home video releases in the U.S. with a few sidebars to look at other regions. Now it is a three-volume set in full color with a total of almost a thousand pages and about 1,550 separate individual pictures. Not just in paperback like the first edition, but now I was able to put it out in Kindle form, paperback, and in hardback for all three volumes. So, kind of had a chance to get another big project done. It was sort of a labor of love that I know many of you knew that I was already working on as my time with Star Wars Beyond the Films came to an end, and it did finally reach fruition, but not until the end of 2021. So, it did take a while to get that ready to go. But it is out, and now I'm just kind of sitting back and relaxing and trying to jump back in and finally get caught up on all the Star Wars reading that I'm now behind on. Uh, I was okay with the comics, except I'm probably about a month or two behind, and book-wise, yeah, I've got a ways to go. I've made it about halfway through the existing High Republic books at this point, because I took from about April until right before Christmas to read the entirety of The Wheel of Time, something I just couldn't devote the time to back when I was doing the Timeline or Star Wars podcasting where I had to keep up with recent books. Now I've got a Thrawn book to read. I've got a bunch of stuff for High Republic to read. I still haven't read that 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view book. But I'm getting there. So uh, things are taking a little bit more of a leisurely pace, at least as far as fandom stuff goes. And uh, I'm still working, still having a great time being a dad of a now three-year-old. So, um... Pretty much all good things. Uh, We have dealt with COVID in the house. Uh, As I record this, my wife is in quarantine, but is expected to fully recover. And I have yet to get it. My son has yet to get it, uh, even though he is still going to speech therapy and such. uh, And those seem to be going well. So as well as can be expected, I would say, perhaps better than we deserve on the home front here and uh, within fandom, still tinkering away from time to time on those little things. So worry not, I'm still alive. And I am still out here listening, even if I'm not necessarily someone who is uh, participating very often. So thanks, guys. Jim, thank you for a great while here since I left of keeping up the really solid conversational content, uh, giving Mark a foil to bounce off of. And thank you, of course, to Mark for, you know, kind of helping be sort of my partner in fandom and keep my spirits up, especially during all the years of Star Wars Beyond the Films. I don't know if the Star Wars Timeline Gold if a saga on home video, if a lot of the stuff that I was doing in fandom over the last, you know, decade of my life would actually have kept up had it not been for having Mark around. Being able to sit there and record Star Wars Beyond the Films and just, you know, bounce back and forth on Star Wars stuff without the toxicity, just having fun with it is sort of like a recharge of the batteries. And sometimes... You know, those batteries did get pretty low over the course of that decade. But typically, it was plugging in, putting on the headphones, sitting down with the microphone for Beyond the Films. It helped keep that going. So uh, my thanks to Mark. As many have said in the past in the mailbag, this show helped keep them afloat in troubling times. It's only now kind of looking back on it in retrospect that I realize how much being a part of it also actually did that for me as well. So thank you for all those years of being there as sort of like a constant here. And thank you to Jim again for helping to keep the show going once I retired so that it can continue to be a constant for me and for others. Congratulations on the 10th anniversary. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away,
You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the Force. That's right, Whistler, you're listening to episode 262 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, second airborne division of podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes as well as Stitcher and even Spotify, as well as right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get this show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman. And with me, like a Wookiee with a life debt, the doctor of timelines and a Wookiee-sized Star Wars fan in his own right, our own Dr. Jim Lehane. I do have a life debt. This is why I'm being kept around, um, mostly because I'm not allowed to leave. <laughs> He's chained to the basement. <laughs> uh, and they're big, like the the big chains too. Like not the not the the easily bendable chains that people can get out of in the movies. These are like the chains like that you could like pull a car with. Right. Uh, speaking of big things, we have a big announcement, Jim. Can you believe Star Wars Beyond the Films has been putting out episodes for 10 years? I feel like I've only been on the show for a fraction of that time. <laughs> right? right? It doesn't seem like it's the case. But yes, uh, yeah, the show is uh, officially, as of January 4th, uh, 2022 has been airing for 10 years. So to celebrate, we're going to be holding a contest uh, and we're going to also have a future feedback episode coming down the line. So feel free to email us at SWBeyondFilms at StarWarsFanWorks.com. So about this contest, you can win a hardcover edition of Resistance Reborn to enter and share your favorite episode of Stars Beyond Films on your preferred social media platform. And then send us a message on Facebook with a link to your post included. Please include your name and address. We're going to select one random beyonder on podcast day 2022. That's February 7th. We're going to announce that winner on our Facebook page. So good luck and may the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Sorry, I grew up Catholic. (laughs) Here at Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time, or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars and so do we. This episode, we take a look once again back over the previous year of Star Wars publishing in 2021. In an effort to streamline our year-in-review process, though, we're going to take 2021 month-by-month versus by the category. After 10 years, it's time to shake things up a bit. So consider this your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentients of all ages, because here we go on another adventure beyond the films. All right, Jim, well, let's just jump right into January. Uh, we had a few different things come out. Uh, the High Republic Light of the Jedi, and this was the kickoff of the High Republic era. Um, we had that book drop. We had its audio book come out, uh, followed up by a Disney press version of High Republic Test of Courage and its audiobook. Uh, the Great Jedi Rescue, which was also tied into these. These were all part of that first wave, that first event where all the books kind of linked in on the same uh, event. 
We've got a Galaxy for Everyone kids book, uh, the Star Wars Galactic Storybook, the Mandalorian Junior novel, uh, which I believe that was all of like one whole season. Yes. Star Wars the comic uh, 2020 is when that one first launched. Uh, issue 10 came out. The High Republic comic started with its first issue. Star Wars I Love You I Know was published. Uh, the comic Darth Vader was up to number nine on its issue. Star Wars Adventures Volume 11 Rise of the Wookiees. Dr. Afra put out its seventh issue. Uh, let's see. And then there was also a collection of Dr. Afra Volume 1. Fortune and Fate came out in the collected edition. Uh, Star Wars Adventures The Clone Wars, Battle Tales came out in its trade paperback. Star Wars Adventures Beware of Vader's Castle, as well as the High Republic The Great Jedi Rescue ebook coming out. And of course, everybody's favorite, Star Wars Knitting the Galaxy. Jim, I know, you know, we have to have a copy of that for our girls. And Bounty Hunters number nine came out, as well as Star Wars Adventures Smugglers Run 2. A lot of comics. No, I do not own Knitting the Galaxy. Um, it's probably not high on my list to get either. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I think the biggest thing about that was the launch of the High Republic. It started. It basically kicked off the entire year um, of publishing, and we got a ton of books, comics, um, and even some other things mixed in throughout the year. Right, and and true to Disney Star Wars, they didn't really launch anything solid when it came to the dating. They're still keeping things nebulous. The books tie in really well, but there's not a lot of set dates, so it's kind of one of those things, like, as it's coming out, we're still puzzling the pieces together and trying to see the mosaic. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how or if I assume they will, um, but uh, how they'll tie back into the the movies themselves, that time frame that we are well aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But other than that, the comics, like, I guess maybe we should wait till we get a a bunch of the comics listed um, to kind of get in our feelings on the the, the comic series. Right. I was kind of thinking what we would do there is at the end, we'll just kind of really go over which ones stood out and what we enjoyed the most about them and really delve into them at the end. Because I have a feeling going month by month like this, we'll probably blaze through it a lot faster than we've done in the past. Yeah. Uh, so with that, Jim, what happened in February? All right. Uh, February uh, started off with the, the, the second set of books from the High Republic, still in wave one, though, with Into the Dark, um, along with its audio book. Uh, we had The Mandalorian, The Art and Imagery Collection, Collector's Edition, Volume 2, High Republic 2 comic, Star Wars, uh, the name's just Star Wars, number 11 comic, Star Wars Adventures, number 3, The High Republic Adventures, number 1, uh, the Battlefront 2 soundtrack. Oh, um, yeah. Battlefront 2 came out years ago. That's kind of that's a that's a weird one, right? Like, hey, you know, it's been five years. Here's the soundtrack. Yeah, that's uh, that's just that throws me through a loop. <laughs> um, the Force Awakens Disney die cut classics adaptation. There's a few of those. The Last Jedi die cut classics adaptation and the Rise of Skywalker. Um, Die cut classics adaptation. Say that. Yeah, I had to fast. look those up because I was like, you know, when I when I think die cast and die cut, I'm like thinking metal things. You know, I'm like, is this like one of those ornaments? Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's just basically it's a copy of the book where the front cover has been cut out to show illustrations from behind it, and it's got illustrations throughout it. It's basically a special cover 
of like a kid's book. I was like, oh, oh. okay, it's cool, but there's nothing too special. Okay, yeah, I was thinking what you were thinking, like maybe a like a puzzle or like a one of those like models that you put together or something like that. Right, That's what it right. seemed like. Nope, it's just a special cover where they cut a hole in the cover so you can see the illustration from behind. I mean, it's it's cool if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, for me, I'm more of a content driven guy. I've already got those books and the stories, and unless it's going to bring something new to the table, that's not something that I'm going to go seeking out right away. Yeah. All right. We also, February, we have two more things. Uh, we have Darth Vader number 10, the comic and Star Wars Insider number 200, which generally isn't, um, of interest to people who are interested in the fiction except 200 was the restart again the the re re restart because they keep coming and going um of the the fiction that has been published in there and it's been in every issue since then this year um all focusing on the high republic again nice yeah they're not gonna get me i'm gonna hold out um they've been putting out which i have right here sitting next to me which i don't know if these are on our list uh, the Legends Fiction Collections from Insider. Now I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think those I'm are sure on the somewhere. list. I mean, I maybe they are. I'm going to pull open two, see when. Yes, it it's uh, May fourth. The, the uh, Star Wars Insider, the Fiction Collection. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll get to that then. Yeah, I've I've got these, and I'm glad that they're doing these. These these leave me hopeful that all, all the Insider stuff will continue to be collected like this, which. That's my out. I'm not going back to Insider. I've decided, you know, a long time ago I've made my move. Uh, but this gives me that content, which makes me giddy beyond giddy. All right. So March. <laughs> I, I Meanwhile, I literally just purchased on eBay the last issue of, quote unquote, Insider that I've, I did not own, oh, nice. which is not an Insider um, it's the Lucasfilm Fan Club magazine number 20 before it became Insider, uh, which is when it started Insider at number 23. Nice. So it's a, I finally I have a, a complete collection from beginning to end. Hey, now that's or I guess not end. That's cool, though. I mean, because I, I started with Gamer. I, I got into Gamer magazine. They put out the 10 issues and then they were like, and hey, now you're an Insider because we're done. <laughs> That's actually, I just bought the 10 issues of Gamer from Nate. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are, I really enjoyed them. He was getting rid of them. Yeah, he was getting rid of them, and I had not uh, been able to collect them yet. And so it was kind of on my to-do list eventually. And he's like, I'm getting rid of these. I'm like, I need them all. Nice. That, that, is, a good, <laughs> that is a good score right there. I don't know if you had a chance to look through them, but I've started. The, the ship layouts and the ships in them, I mean, dude, I, mine are well-worn. <laughs> Yeah, I've started. I'm, I read all of everything, so I'm starting to read it. And man, the fiction in there is long. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting. It's like ten pages, full magazine spread fiction, yep. no pictures. And I'm like, geez, this takes me forever just to get through. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to. Well, that's cool that you got that collection going. All right, so it's Sorry, March si- si- sideline. <laughs> well, that's 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 the beauty of of the conversation. All right. Uh, so March, we've got uh, the Rise of Skywalker graphic novel adaptation. Uh, High Republic issue three came out. High Republic Adventures issue two. Uh, Age of Resistance, the official collector's edition came out. Uh, the mainline Star Wars issue 12. We had, uh, let's see, Bounty Hunters number 10 came out. 
uh, the delicious Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the New Republic Volume 5, was published. Ah, I love Legends content in any form. And then there was Star Wars Dr. Aphra Omnibus Volume 1. Dr. Aphra number eight of the mainline uh, from 2020 came out. Star Wars Adventures 2020 number four came out. And what is the story of Princess Leia was published as well as the Mandalorian season one, volume one and the paperback edition of the uh, audio drama Dooku Jedi lost script was published in paperback as well as Star Wars inside Intel Padme's real last name published on StarWars.com. You also missed uh, Alphabet Squadron number three, Victory's Price, was published. <gasps> That's true. That is true. Why did I miss that? That was not on my list. It, hmm. Weird. It's at the top of the, the list. It's um, Also, the audiobook came out with it, which was not listed. Ah, uh, Yes, you're right. My screen was eh, blocking it. Yeah. Yes, which, in fact, if you listen to our last episode, you can hear what we think about that entire trilogy. It hits and misses. <laughs> I think that's a there's so many books came out this year like so many I I had a super hard time trying to keep up with how many books that they, they, they kept putting out right it definitely feels like there's there's more in the uh, reference realm of things like, like more of the kids books and stuff like that like I feel like the main line of like Delray books, there wasn't a lot. Oh, I, I, like I feel like we got the general amount of the Delray books, but everyone else was like books galore. Well, I even even with the Delray, because you have the the Disney press books that are practically adult novels right. um, in and of themselves, and like you're hitting almost one a month. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dis- Disney, especially like the first four months, you definitely have a book. Yeah, the Disney young adult book line, I, I I don't feel comfortable even calling it young adult anymore because to me there is nothing that delineates it from the Delray books. They're the same level of quality, the same level of storytelling. I mean, I would even say the young adult books put more mature content in their books on the regular than a regular Delray story would. Um, oh, I, I definitely, I, I would agree that yeah. with that. Yeah, so like, well, the other books and stuff are published. I feel like Delray is still doing about the same amount that they've always done. I don't feel like Delray's really pushed up the amount of books that they're putting out a year, but I feel like the other publishers are definitely cranking them out. Yeah, I think anything under the Disney banner has been putting out more. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. April, we get. Uh, speaking of legends, Disney Plus uh, added the Ewoks Caravan of Courage, uh, Ewoks Battle for Endor movies, the uh, the Gendy uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars series, as well as the story of the faithful Wookiee. So all, that all was good, super exciting. All good stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. The do, the Dr. Afra script for her um, audio drama was released. Uh, the trade paperback Star Wars Volume 2 Operation Starlight, um, Skywalker, A Family at War, the High Republic Number 4 comic, High Republic Adventures Number 3 comic, Lego Star Wars Yoda's Galaxy Atlas. Mm-hmm. This is the first I'm hearing about that. 
Star Wars Inside Intel Darth Vader suit, which um, relating to the the, the Padme's uh, one from last month, I don't think those are fiction articles. I think those are like uh, kind of making of sort of articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bounty Hunters number 11 comic. Uh, Dr. Aphra number nine comic, the art of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the Clone Wars character encyclopedia, join the battle, uh, our book of the month, Thrawn Ascendancy, greater Thrawn Ascendancy, greater good, which is the second book in that uh, that trilogy, was published along with the audio book. The tiny book of Jedi and the tiny book of Sith. Uh, Star Wars Crochet to go with your knitting book. Oh, yeah. Star Wars Inside Intel, the creation of the clone army. And Darth Vader, number 11, the comic. Nice, nice. And apparently Kenobi started filming that time in the month, they say, but they never pinned it down. Um, You know, the ones that I wanted to get, but I've never come across and I haven't gone online just to order it. Sometimes I like to walk into a store and get the, the thrill of the find. The Tiny Book of Jedi and the Tiny Book of Sith. Those look like they'd be fun little uh, coffee stand type books. I've got books similar to those like uh, for a son and daughter, uh, you know, and, and I don't know. Those kind of books are just they're fun to grab, kind of flip open and flip through and stuff. And I've been looking for them, haven't come across them yet, but I think those would be fun to get a hold of at some point. I had forgotten they come came out. You're right. They do look like they would be fun little book finds. They're by Insight and Insight Editions, which um, they're generally they make a lot of the 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 fun books that have a lot of add-ins, kind of like sprinkled throughout the book. And so i i wouldn't uh, I wouldn't mind adding those to my collection. All right, moving into May, a.k.a. Star Wars Month. Uh, We got a lot of May 4th releases. Uh, We had the premiere of The Bad Batch on Disney Plus with the episode Aftermath. Uh, The Star Wars Biomes also premiered on Disney Plus, as well as the Star Wars Vehicle Flythroughs. There was the Maggie Simpson in The Force Awakens from its nap. (laughs) premiering on disney did you watch that i i did i did it was kind of cute it was if i recall like it was only like four minutes right it wasn't even a full episode oh yeah i don't even know if it was even four minutes it was the most random (laughs) thing that i think i've ever seen with star wars attached to it it's like like the story was great and then it ended yeah and you're like wait what what (laughs) that was it (laughs) that's that that that, not even that it was it it's like there's where's the rest yeah like you didn't you didn't finish it. <laughs> uh, there's The Mandalorian Magnetic Fun. Star Wars The Mandalorian Volume 1 was published. The Skywalker Star... Uh, Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, the official collector's edition. Uh, Star Wars Galactic Baking. I feel like this goes with crochet and knitting. Uh, except for I actually bake. <laughs> I, I own the Galactic Baking book, I think. Oh, no, no. It's one of the, the kid baking books, not like the Galaxy's Edge baking uh, okay, book. Okay, okay. So you're like, there's a line. <laughs> oh, there's definitely a line because oh, okay. the kid baking books are like super simple. Like literally you're making s'mores as like one of the recipes. And then like the, the Galaxy's Edge book, you're like literally making a three course meal of <laughs> noodles that you hand cranked out of the thing yourself. And they're like dyed blue with shrimp and like stuff like that. It's 
It's it, they are as polar opposite in the baking realm as you can get. Nice. Uh, so the the one we were just talking about a second ago, Star Wars Insider, the Fiction Collection Volume One, uh, which I'm gonna pause on this for a second because it's it's great. The only thing confusing about it is you know when the whole Legends thing came and they're like you know everything's canon unless we're gonna indicate it with a Legends banner. So you got this great. Legends, Star Wars, the fiction collection. It's got the Legends banner on the top. And then halfway through the book, we go to canon stories. Like, that's not going to confuse the hell out of people. Like, I, that's my only gripe. <laughs> Which one? Oh, I'm looking now. Yeah, Blade Squadron. I think all the Blade Squadron stories are canon. Yeah, yeah. Like, the whole, there's, and even in the second one, they did the same thing. Like, the last couple stories in it. And they no longer have the, you know, the, it, it goes current fiction. Um, and they no longer have the Legends banner inside. At least they do it like that. So at least you know when you get to that spot. But it's like, man, do we really need to muddy the waters anymore? Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, yeah, there, it's, uh, it's muddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't even go back that far. Like I'm looking, I'm like, we had, it only goes back to issue, at least the first volume goes back to issue 125, which now we're two, a little past 200. Um, but they've had fiction like back into the nineties and mm-hmm. uh, issues, issue number nineties and stuff. But I guess they weren't by the same publisher. So I don't know yeah. how that works. Well, maybe we'll get lucky. And as they extend that line, they'll just go back further and start collecting more of the stories. I kind of figured that these picked up right after the, uh, the samplers and stuff that they put out at the cons where they had all the stories collected oh, in the, the little books? paperbacks. Yeah. And, yeah, and these I are the stories that aren't books. part of those because that was where my concern was when I dropped Insider. There was the uh, Malgus story that wasn't collected in the paperback from Delray's collection. And it wasn't in the back of any of the other stories. And it is collected in one of these two. And I was like, yes, I finally got it. <laughs> I just bought the original. Mm-hmm. Not that I ever opened them, <laughs> but it's there. I know it's there. Right. I think. So as a I assume ma- it's there. <laughs> <laughs> At least you hope. <laughs> well, I literally, I, I, like I said, I own all of the insiders. The question is whether they're still here. Cause I remember I had one. I'm like, Oh, I need to find that one insider. Literally it was like a random number, like 63 or something. And I couldn't find it. Oh. It was a g- gap. I'm like, why is this one issue missing? And it happened to be the one I needed. Oh no. <laughs> then you find it. Like after you bought another one years later, it's like back in some other. Issue. I never, I never found it. I did buy another one, but I never found what happened to that one. Oh, it's probably like with like some other magazine, like a Smithsonian somewhere. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. <laughs> so as of May 5th, we uh, shift into the High Republic Adventures issue four. Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters Afra number one was published. Alpha. Alpha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha one was published. Uh, yeah. Let's see. That, that's a completely different thing than Afra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Bad Batch Cut and Run episode comes out. Uh, we've got Star Wars. I am a clone trooper. Uh, there is more of that uh, inside Intel lightsabers published on StarWars.com. Uh, the mainline Star Wars comic Star Wars 13 came out. The High Republic issue 5 came out. And Bad Batch replacements aired. 
Uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian Guide to Season 1 was published. Bounty Hunters Issue 12. The Bad Batch Cornered episode. As well as Star Wars Inside Intel, The Four Sages of Darwiti. At least I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, the main. I don't know. You don't say Padme, right? So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. There's a, there's a, oh, man. Padme's funny. It's been driving me nuts for years. I, and I've been I'm horrible on that one. I'm, I know you are. <laughs> um, every time I, before I joined, every time I'd hear, like, Padme, I'm like, stop it. Stop and it. And <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's, it's technically Corin, but I, I will never call him Corin Horn. He's always going to be Coran Horn to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. <clears throat> All right, let's see. After uh, Replacements, we had The Bounty Hunters 12. Cornered uh, came out. I've already mentioned that because uh, The Four Sages of Darwarty. Then there was uh, Dr. Afra number 10, the Darth Vader comic issue 12, The Star Wars Adventures Weapon of the Jedi number 1, and Rampage from The Bad Batch came out on the 28th of May. All good stuff. Sorry, I was just double checking something. I, I had issues. I, I had moved in May slash June is when we were crossing over, and so I moved across country. So I had to change my comic book uh, um, store, and the new store is super duper 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 small, mm. and they don't always get all of the issues, but they don't <gasps> know if they don't get the issues. And so like I play a constant game of, wait, did I miss something? Wait, oh. what happened to that? And I'll get a lot of number twos, but number number ones, like the weapon of the Jedi number two I got, but like, I don't even remember, like, did we mention weapon of the Jedi number one? Cause I feel like that was one that also missed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally, I didn't oh, okay. realize I guess it the, came out. That yeah. Was, it was, it's Yeah. Um, it was a lot of those things like what happened when <laughs> now I want to, I'm going to look up and you know, check it out. I'm like, what is this? It, cause weapon, of, it came out, uh, weapon of the Jedi was the, the, Oh, it's an re- IDW. Yes. It's the, when they, they comic, comic sized comic, 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 I don't remember the word, um, comic made a comic of the book, the weapon of the Jedi, which I think was Jason Fry. Yeah, Jason Fry's book. Uh, yeah, from a while ago. Yep. Wow. Actually, I honestly I think that maybe going with the Star Wars Adventures might be the better way to enjoy that story. I, it could I, be. I'm going to stand uh, by I, that. I really kind of think that that I I haven't even read the comic, and I'm like, I think that that would be a funner way to go about it. I have I have it now, um, but I have not read them yet. They're in my to read pile when I get a chance, sort of thing. It's like this isn't. I I don't need to keep read this to keep up with anything, so right. I'll read it when I feel like it. Right, yeah, fandom problems. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back special 40th anniversary collector's edition of I, the... I don't even know what that is. Special collector's edition of what? Oh, uh, of Insider. Um, I assume Insider interviews and things like that. Uh, yep. War of the Bounty Hunters number one, the Bad Batch decommissioned, Bounty Hunters volume two, Target Valence, uh, Insider Intel Hyperspace, 
bounty humper bounty <laughs> not bounty humpers um <laughs> bounty hunters number 13 <laughs> that's i found the wrong <laughs> bilbo baggins <laughs> oh man that's great that's what happens when you let the dogs out in the right. bounty hunting world um <laughs> battle scars <laughs> Um, uh, the Bad Batch Battle Scars premiered. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, was released on PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X, and Xbox Series S. Um, that was released generally. Oh, I guess this was the upgraded version because it was released um in November of last year. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say I'm like, didn't that come out earlier? Yeah, it did because I, I like everything in my life. I bought the video game. I haven't played it yet. I was actually um, just playing it last night and finally got past a level that's been taking me months. I mean, I was so frustrated with that game. Uh, once, uh, once we get the in the new house, we have uh, what's going to become our game slash football room nice. uh, to watch the the football on the the TVs. Um, my wife's a football fan, not me. So it's the football. I, I, I got that when you kept saying the football. <laughs> it sounded a little detached. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the football. Um, but we, we're going to set up all the game systems and everything once we get that area of the house uh, set. But that is not high on the priority list uh, at the moment. So right now, none of my game systems are hooked up. Oh, no. The tragedy. Yeah. Uh, Join the Rebellion, uh, Darth Bane Path of Destruction was re-released in the Essential Legends collection, um, which uh, I believe this was the first uh, release of the Essential Legends collections, which they released also Air of the Empire, Shatterpoint, and a new Shatterpoint unabridged audiobook, mm-hmm. which we may want to go back to because I like the audiobooks. I can actually keep up with them, and unabridged means that it's not going to be terrible like the uh um uh vector vector prime book that we uh, that i listened to oh that was mm-hmm. terrible oh man yeah no i i the fact that they went back to these at first i was kind of like okay cool you know you got you got the new cover kind of a new format with the way it was uh you know the size of it and everything that's cool you know showing some love to legends but then i saw the audiobook was coming out unabridged and that tickled me beyond belief because it's like if they could just go back over all the old legends books that had abridged versions and do an unabridged version i would be ecstatic because the new jedi order suffers hard when you get to star by star there's so many major critical events that happen to the galaxy that are just not in the audiobook they're just cut out completely and you're like what? Like you get to the next audiobook and they're referencing, you know, the fall of Coruscant, and like almost all of it is completely excluded from the freaking audiobook. It's horribly, yeah. horribly butchered. I wasn't on the audiobooks then, um, so it didn't hit me as hard. But now, like, oh, like I'm, I'm like honestly thinking, like maybe we want to do Shatterpoint with these unabridged audiobooks coming out. And I believe the um, the X Wing series, we'll get it to the later of the year, but the X Wing uh, novels, they're that's they're also doing the audiobooks for those, or redoing the audiobooks for those. And I'm down for that because, especially with Shatterpoint, like that's a fan favorite story. From a fan favorite author, Stover is hands down one of the best Legends writers, especially when it comes to Revenge of the Sith. And yet, 
that said, I did not like Shatterpoint. Like the, I don't know oh, you if didn't. It, yeah, like I don't know if it was just how long it took me to read it or what, but I something about it when I read it the first time, I did not enjoy it. So I'm I'm down to give that another go, especially an audiobook. See, you know, if maybe I missed something the first time around. Um yeah, I'm down to go back and and retouch on that with you. Like I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah, it also ties in with canon now because of Depa Balaba being uh, Kanan's master mm-hmm. and kind of they they hinted at the events of Shatterpoint in I'm not sure if it was the comic series or the actual like cartoon series but they did hint at what happened in the books oh, cool. or in that book nice nice and again for those that are unaware hinting at it doesn't make the Shatterpoint book canon it makes events that that legend story talks about those events become canon so it's kind of yes cool. Yeah, and an even take. then, it's yeah, it's it's hinting at it is really probably the best they can do. Like it's their way of acknowledging the legend stories without actually having to re-release the legend stories, right? Um, which is cool for those people who know about it, and for people who don't know about it, it's it's it really doesn't detract anything from the story as it is. Right, right. All right, uh, Skywalker Collection, episodes uh, one through nine. I believe that's uh, a kid's book, um, the, uh, the the golden books. Um, Star Wars, number 14 comic. The High Republic Adventures, number five comic. Uh, why am I blanking on Bad Batch? I literally blanked on the name of the, ca- the cartoon series. <laughs> it was the Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, the Bad Batch uh, Reunion came out um we get more uh legends material legend stuff added to disney plus with the droids cartoon series i believe the ewoks cartoon series was also released uh on that may the 4th and this is the when the droids cartoon series came out Mm -hmm. darth vader volume 2 into the fire trade paperback inside intel clone armor darth vader number 13 comic uh, Star Wars Adventures number five, the Bad Batch Bounty Lost, um, the soundtrack for the Bad Batch Volume one, which is episodes one through eight, uh, Wave two of the High Republic starts with the Rising Storm, uh, novel and audiobook, Race to Crash Point Tower, the novel and audiobook, um, Led to Jedi was published in paperback. High Republic number six comic, and Doctor Aphra number eleven, and The Weapon of the Jedi number two published. I'm trying to think. I think that's the complete Weapon of Jedi, right? There was only two issues. Or yes. Was there a third. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Ironically, there's been a lot of comics that they're only putting two issues out, and for me as a comic reader, I find two issues of any comic just isn't a long enough. Um, I know next year they're going to have the uh, the Marchion Row one, the Eye of the Nile. Um, yeah, and and I, to me, two issues just isn't enough time to really get into not even just your story, but the characters themselves. Like unless you already have a lot of information about the character, you know, two issues is barely enough for an annual kind of story. So I, don't know. I feel I feel like most of the two issue releases were through idw and a lot of them were novelist or comicization that's the word i was looking for comicization Uh 
of the novel as opposed to novelization. Okay. Um, and so they did the uh, Smuggler's Run and Weapon of the Jedi, those two books, they were both two issues. And so I think they had done it for other novels as well, but they're mostly, those are, they come out as two issues. Um, the Markeon Row comic coming out is Marvel, and I don't even remember a Marvel series that is only two issues like they have two issue arcs within their ongoing series but not 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 like the marky on row one but even then like you think of uh what's the uh the kylo ren comic four issues was abysmally short for that series yeah it um it was ridiculous like that whole comic series you're like that's it they wait what it took place over like a matter of maybe a month Mm -hmm. um probably closer to two hours and like here like uh this could have been a, its own own ongoing series right it was almost a disservice because of how little they gave you you're like ed you've marked it off we're not going to come back and and it, it's almost like the equivalent of uh, star wars invasion where they're like it's a satisfactory conclusion did you read your story <laughs> there's no ending to this damn it all right, so moving into July, we've got Common Ground from the Bad Batch, uh, Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Old Republic, Volume 4, uh, the ongoing Star Wars Adventures comic number 6 comes out, Bounty Hunters number 14 uh, drops. I mean, look at that, Bounty Hunters are up to 14 issues? Come on, I mean, they're a bunch of nobodies in the background. <sighs> or they're not even in the background of Valence um, is the main star of that. Right. <laughs> right. And he, he's not even, a, he, he's a legends character. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh man. Good. That, that's some love. I love uh bad batch. The devil's deal comes out. The make your own pop-up book. Ghoul actic Halloween. Interesting. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace graphic novel adaptation. The ongoing Dr. Afra line from 2020 is up to issue 12. War of the Bounty Hunters is up to its second issue. Boy, Bounty Hunters are getting lots of love. Uh, the Bad Batch Rescue on Ryloth. Star Wars Mazes. And, of course, Star Wars Legends The Old Republic Omnibus Volume 1. Star Wars Book of Monsters Ooze and Slime. That sounds gross. And Star Wars Inside Intel Religions of the Force was published on StarWars.com. The ongoing Darth Vader line from 2020 hits issue number 14. And War of the Bounty Hunters gets its own little break off with Jabba the Hutt number one. The High Republic Adventures reaches issue six. Bad Batch Infested premieres on Disney Plus. And The Old Republic Out of Shadows is published as well as its audiobook dropped. The High Republic reaches issue seven. And the ongoing Star Wars line from 2020 hits issue 15. And Star Wars Adventures from 2020 hits number seven. And we round out the month with Bad Batch War Mantle premiering on Disney Plus. I think in there... Out of the Shadows, um, I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, Justina Ireland's, um, I think the first book did? No, she did. Yeah, it was her second. She did a book in the first. Yeah, that was the second Test book in the High Republic. Courage, I think, was her first one. Yes, in the, in, that was in her first one in the High Republic. She had done others before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it out of the shadows. I know it wasn't for some people didn't like it, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I felt like it was the darkest book. And up until that point, I, it was my favorite. Um, you know, there'll be another one coming that, that knocks that one off my favorites list, but I loved what they introduced with the Drenger. Um, you know, the way that they were introduced, the mystery around them was really cool. I, I, I feel like you're thinking into the dark. Am I? Oh, you're right. Yes, I'm thinking it... into the dark, out of the shadows. Oh God, that one was uh, was that after or before the rising storm? They, uh, it was it, in. It was released after the rising storm, but it uh, basically it takes place like a, mo- a couple months afterwards. It's the one where they kill off one of the major characters in the YA in this YA book. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Okay, that one was that okay, yes. That one was good. I, I did enjoy that one. Not as much as the other book I was thinking of. And The Rising Storm was was the one that these two were set around the same time. But I man, the Rising Storm was really good. I really liked that one. And I think it kind of uh for me it, it eclipses out of shadows a little bit. Mm, yeah. Well, The Rising Storm was the adult novel release. Out of the Shadows was the YA novel release. So they made it so it should outshine it um, because that's just like the tier of books they kind of set up. But I liked Out of the Shadows better than The Rising Storm. I had problems with The Rising Storm. (laughs) All right. Into August. Uh, Inside Intel, Palpatine's Contingency Plan, Bounty Under... Bounty... God, I cannot say that word. Bounty Hunters, number 15. War of the Bounty Hunters, 4LOM, or 4LOM, and Zuckus, number 1. We'll talk about the whole War of the Bounty Hunters thing when we get to the end. Uh, The Bad Batch Return to Kamino, which was the penultimate episode. Guardian of the Wills, the manga. uh, Dr. Aphra, volume 2, the engine job. The trade paperback was published. Uh, High Republic, number 8. High Republic Adventures, The Monster of Temple Peak. Uh, that's a comic. And the final Bad Batch for Season 1, Camino Lost, uh, premiered. And we had the Free Comic Book Day, which had a High Republic Adventures and also the Edge of Balance slash Guardian of the Wills comics. Legends Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years, Volume 5. Inside Intel, The Death Star, Star Wars comic number 16, The High Republic Adventures number 7, Star Wars Adventures number 8, War of the Bounty Hunters number 3, uh, the soundtrack of The Bad Batch volume 2 for the second half of the season. Uh, we also got in the making uh, the Mandalorian making of season 2 finale which focused on the surprise shocking ending that we got of um, the the second season of Mandalorian, which the entire first season of the the galley did, literally didn't mention whatsoever, um, or I guess not the first season the 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 second season the first episode of the second season which mm-hmm. was really only the the second season Disney Gallery only had two episodes. Right. Um, That's brutal. Darth Vader number 15 comic. Dr. Aphra number 13. Uh, The 
audio drama, The High Republic Tempest Runner, was released, and Inside Intel, uh, Mustafa. Yes, I, you know, I gotta admit, I enjoyed Tempest Runner. Um, yeah, as you can hear in our last episode before this one, in fact. I was there. Mm-hmm. That's true. Jim had insight. <laughs> <laughs> so with September, uh, High Republic issue nine drops the High Republic Adventures issue eight. We get the Life Day Treasury published, uh, which is kind of along the lines of those myths and fables uh, books. Kind of has that same kind of cover. Star Wars The High Republic, The Edge of Balance, Volume 1 was published. Uh, Dark Force Rising, published in paperback as part of the Essential uh, Legends collections. Uh, We had the Darth Bane Rule of Tool. The Rogue Squadron X-Wing book, as well as the unabridged audiobook for that. Um, let's see the Mandalorian sticker art puzzles, the star Wars, the high Republic volume one. There is no fear published the first collection. And we've got war of the bounty hunters issue four, the ongoing 2020 Dr. Afra issue 14 star Wars adventures ongoing from 2020 issue number nine. There is the star Wars galactic advent calendar as well Advent. As- the Star Wars, yeah. Let me try that again. As well as not a vent. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you live in December ever? I, what no, are those I, calendars? I just I hide and wait until the day of. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate calendar. Uh, <laughs> yes, guess, the chocolate calendar. Yeah, yeah, unless unless you get the Lego one and then you get lots of little Lego toys. God, I want to get that one, but I never see it ever. Uh, let's see. Also, the Star Wars The Galactic Advent Calendar drops. Uh, Star Wars Inside Intel, Jedi of the High Republic on StarWars.com. War of the Bounty Hunters, Boosh 1. And then the Oculus game, uh, Tales from the Galaxy Last Call, came out. Darth Vader ongoing 2020, uh, issue 16. The High Republic Adventures, The Monsters of Temple Peak 2 came out. Star Wars Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Volume 2, was published in Japanese, as well as Star Wars Rebels, Volume 3, published in Japanese. Uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian Coloring Book, Bounty on the Move. And then all the episodes of Star Wars Visions ended up premiering on Disney+. Plus. That is in order the duel uh tattooing rhapsody the twins the village bride the ninth jedi tob1 the elder lop and ocho and akiri uh there was also star wars visions filmmaker focus that premiered on disney plus we had star wars bounty hunters issue 16 star wars adventures ghost of vader's castle number one Star Wars Insider 205 was published, and there was a Star Wars year-by-year of visual history, a new edition that was dropped in the UK. Star Wars Lego, Star Wars Battles was released, uh, as well as Star Wars I Wish I Had a Wookiee. There was Odyssey of Star Wars, an epic poem that was published, as well as, scrolling down, my God, there's a lot that came out this month, huh? Uh, The Star Wars Rebels Volume 2 was published in the U.S. There was Star Wars Inside Intel Twilight Culture and StarWars.com, as well as Star Wars Adventures Issue 10 dropping, and Disney Plus dropped Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds. And that wraps up September. 
I think when we get to the end, we'll talk about the Disney Plus shows all at once and kind of the comics overall. That sounds like a good good I, call. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I mentioned that the unabridged audiobook for Rogue Squadron had come out, and I think, I hope, I assume if they did book one, they'll continue on that line to do the other books. I really mm-hmm. hope. Right. I'm in that same boat. Please. <laughs> Um, all right, October, we got another Disney Plus release, this time Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Uh, Queen's Peril was published in paperback. Uh, the High Republic Showdown at the Fair, which was a kid's book version of the um, the attack scene in The Rising Storm. I think I remembered the name of that book correctly this time. Uh, the Secrets of the Sith, uh, Star Wars Adventure Smuggler Run trade paperback. A Vader Family Sithmas, The High Republic Adventures number nine, Star Wars Adventure Ghost of Vader's Castle number three. These are the droids you're looking for. Uh, our novel of the month, Ronin, a, vision, a visions novel, along with the audiobook. I did not Dr. realize a- an audiobook came out for that at all. I'm like, what? <laughs> yep, that's how I read it or listened to it. I, I mentally read it. I don't know. I'm almost done with it. It's kind of dragging on. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not a typical Star Wars novel at all. Um, mm-hmm. As far from a typical Star Wars novel as you can get after reading hundreds of Star Wars novels, this is nothing like any of them. Right. Um. Dr. Aphra number 15, uh, Star Wars Adventure Ghosts of Vader's Castle number 4, The High Republic Trail of Shadows number 1, War of the Bounty Hunters number 5, uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures premiered on the YouTube channel with uh, Porgs and Bantha. Mm. Uh, the soundtrack for Star Wars Visions was released. High Republic number 10, Star Wars Adventures number 11, Star Wars Adventures Ghost of Vader's Castle number five. Uh, two more Galaxy of Creatures episodes, the Blurg and the Vorpak. The Galaxy's Edge, the official Black Spire Outpost Cookbook Gift Set Edition, which is that cookbook that I was telling you about that uh, I believe came out last year. Probably, I think it came out last year, and this is just the gift set edition of that book because they do have a next book nice. um, in that same quality level. I don't know how you want to list it. Uh, Victory's Price came out in paperbacks. Uh, Star Wars paper models. Inside Intel. The Nihil Hierarchy. Uh, Darth Vader number 17. War of the Bounty Hunters IG-88 number 1. The High Republic Adventures. The Monster of Temple Peak. Um, the, The Mandalorian Grogu Annual 2022. I have no idea what that is. I'm just hearing about it now. Um, and the round out the month, Galaxy of Creatures, Wumpa, and Tuka. I tell you, though, uh, at that point with the monster at Temple Peak, when we got to issue three, that's when it got really good. <laughs> oh, are you reading that? I was waiting. I was waiting until yeah. I got all, I think, four issues of that before I yeah. started it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. that I haven't read past that one, but... Yeah, issue three was when it it really like I've got to get to the fourth one and, and read it now because I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. Monster of Temple Peak fell into my comic book hole or not comic book hole, my comic book shop hole where I don't think I got all the issues. <laughs> oh no, 
See, and, and yeah, when you so, mentioned that earlier, I got that was how it was 12 years ago here in town. Because uh, so the current comic store is Iguana Comics. And in the 90s is when they came and they were around for about six years. And then they dropped off the scene and another one came in, which was Neverland Comics. And Neverland Comics ran like the one you're talking about. It was like it was always issues missing. Like you'd like. You know, you get 44 and you're like, what happened to 43? Like, uh, oh, I guess we didn't get a copy of it. Like, right, I'm on the list. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, nuts. Yeah, it's one of those, like, I have to constantly go back because it's like, if you're there, I know, I, I, like, I don't know what issues I'm missing. Like, I go and I pick up issue 12. I don't know if I have 11. I just know I have 12 in front of me. Like, if they give me 12, 14, I know, obviously, 13's missing. But I don't, like, if I get 12 and 13, I don't know if I'm missing 11 or 14. Ah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Also, the Galaxy of Creatures, um, those shorts that premiered on YouTube, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed them. Uh, they came out, I think, 11 episodes of them, and they're they're a lot of fun. Uh, they're, they're super short. They're like nice. three, four minutes each. Well um, if put that. Together. Yeah, and they're just like, they're, they're not overly kiddie. They are definitely like, uh, geared towards kids, but it's not like talking down to you. It's kind of just like fun, uh, fun cartoons. Nice, nice. So moving into November, we've got Star Wars Battles That Change the Galaxy, as well as Star Wars Insider Two Hundred Six. Star Wars Year by uh, Star Wars Year by Year: A Visual History New Edition was published in the United States. The ongoing 2020 mainline Star Wars hits issue eighteen. The Bounty Hunters hits issue 17. Wow, man, that Bounty Hunter's up to 17. That's just a lot of of story committed to side characters. And you can't (laughs) even give Markeon Rowe five or six issues. (laughs) The Kowakian Monkey Lizard premieres on Star Wars Kids' YouTube channel, as well as Minox. Uh, There is the Mandalorian handbook that drops in the UK. The Star Wars character encyclopedia updated and expanded drops in the UK. The Star Wars Legends Boba Fett Blood Ties is published. Star Wars The Life Day Cookbook is published, as well as Star Wars The Mandalorian The Tiny Book of Grogu. Makes you wonder if it's like the tiny book of Sith and Jedi. Uh, Star Wars Insider The Fiction Collection Volume 2, sitting right here in my hand. The High Republic reaches issue 11 we get the uh, episodes charhound and nexu on star wars kids youtube channel under the helmet the legacy of boba fett premieres on disney plus thrawn ascendancy lesser evil and its audiobook come out uh that's the third of those books if i'm correct yes the mandalorian crochet is published as if crochet wasn't just good enough you had to have one Dedicated to the Mandalorian. That actually makes sense. Uh, (laughs) Star Wars The High Republic Adventures Volume 1. Star Wars Graphic Novel Adaptation Box Set is published. The ongoing Dr. Aphra hits issue 16. And we get the uh, fourth issue of The High Republic Adventures The Monster of Temple Peak. And the main line of the High Republic Adventures reaches issue 10. More of the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel with issues Rancor and Tauntaun. And then we get Lego Star Wars Castaways. They are castaways. 
Star Wars War of Bounty Hunters trade paperback is published. Life Day 1 is published. Uh, that must be issue 1 of the ongoing comic. Issue 1, yeah. Yeah. The um, High Republic Trail of Shadows number 2. The Star Wars Adventures Annual for 2021 comes out. The ongoing Star Wars Adventures reaches issue 12. And we have Star Wars Affirmation Cards. Hmm. As well as Star Wars The Mandalorian Handbook being published in the U.S. And Star Wars Character Encyclopedia updated and expanded, finally getting to the U.S. as well. That rounds out November. All right, let's finish this. Uh, finish the year off. We have Bounty Hunters number eighteen, Darth Vader number eighteen, The High Republic Adventures number eleven, The High Republic Volume Two, The Heart of Dringir, not the heart of the Dringir, just the heart of Dringir. Um, War of the Bounty Hunters Companion, Crimson Rain number one, which is a new uh, limited series. Uh, Star Wars number 19, Dr. Aphra Volume 3, War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, and these are, as of recording, these are coming out in the future, so it may change. Um, but uh, Attack of the Clones, graphic novel adaptation. The High Republic number 12. High Republic Adventures Annual 2021. Darth Vader Volume 3, War of the Bounty Hunters. Jedi Artifacts. Uh, Star Wars Adventures The Light and the Dark Star Wars Darth Vader Omnibus uh, or the Ch- Charles Sewell Omnibus mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Be More Boba Fett Darth Vader 19 The High Republic Trail of Shadows number 3 Star Wars Adventures number 13 Star Wars Volume 3 War of the Bounty Hunters Bounty Hunters number 19 and we round out the year with the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, that immediately was on my top picks for 2021, even though it hasn't even came out by the time of this recording. I'm just like, I'm pretty safe to say that that's going to be a highlight for everybody, even though it drops like two days before the year's out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll also be fresh <clears throat> in everybody's minds. It did seem weird, though, that, the way that they went from the Mandalorian season one, season two, and then we're going to do Boba Fett and we're not going to put Boba Fett in November. We're going to put it in December, but we're going to put it at the very end of December. Like the whole decision to change when they're releasing those type of shows seemed odd to me to shift it up the way they did. Um, I mean, I think we'll probably get more of that down the road. I think that's more like the, the, the reason it's getting released when it is was more COVID. Um, oh, the yeah. trying to, to film in the middle of a pandemic. I think that got is the reason it got pushed out. I, I'm sure they wanted to release it about the same time as the Mandalorian. It just didn't happen. Mm. Well, see, I, I'd heard rumors that the Mandalorian show was going to shift to Boba Fett in the third season, but people loved Din so much that they decided, well, we'll just keep doing his story also and we'll give Boba Fett his own series. And I don't know how much truth there is to that, but it definitely does seem like, you know, you're on pace, you got your show doing his thing, and then all of a sudden we're just going to pause and, and just shift all to another story, which is its own series. Like, it seems odd that you would pause the Mandalorian 
show like that to put another show in front of it when the Mandalorian is doing so good. Although both shows happen to be about Mandalorian. So like, I do kind of like wonder how much truth there is to that rumor. <laughs> I don't know. It definitely feels like it's a, the Mandalorian season 2.5. Like <laughs> right. it's not the Mandalorian season three, but it's not, not the Mandalorian. Cause we had so much Boba Fett in season two of the Mandalorian. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the middle there. Right. Um, I would definitely say, you know, the, the highest highlight for the year would be the High Republic. Um, we saw the Igor come out. We saw the first wave almost completely wrap up. Uh, we've got a few more books coming out next year, the end wave one. Um, it's right it's at the beginning a, of the year, too. It's like, right. like it's like the January 6th or something. It's like right. super quick to like they started off. And it's it's been hit or miss. Like, I mean, some people enjoy all the new characters, you know, I'm kind of like in the middle ground. There's a lot of them. I kind of wish more for more character lists so it's easier to track them. Uh, some people are absolutely hating that there's so many of them that they feel very generic and not fleshed out. I don't really find that to be the problem. I find that there's just so many of the characters that you really have to know which books you're reading to know which characters you're going to be fleshing out. Because there are some characters that definitely stand out more than others. There are probably about four or five core characters that feel very similar to each other. Um, you know, uh, Stelios and... Uh, gosh, what the heck was... Uh... Oh, Stellan Geos and the, uh, the the two guys from The Rising Storm. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, they all kind of have the... The same, like, you know, you feel like they were all on the same football team kind of thing. Like, you know, you can swap any of them out for each other kind of thing. They've got some aspects about them that, that make them stand out a little bit. Uh, Master Comac was one of the others that it kind of blends with these guys really well. And I'm always like, which which one is this guy again? <laughs> oh, I definitely, yeah, I can understand that. You're right. After we've been in this era for about a year a lot they did they started off throwing like tons of names at us and i feel like a lot of those names kind of went through the 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 filter mm-hmm. and we were left with less a giant list of characters and more a couple of core characters that are going to carry on and then we're going to pick up some characters here and there and drop some characters here and there and i think it's it's a lot more manageable now but it definitely felt like oh my word, there's way too many characters being thrown at me right at the start. Right, and it's definitely, I would say, the Jedi are the biggest offenders when it comes to having a lot of those type of characters. We don't have so many main name Nile characters, and the ones that we do... There's like four. <laughs> like, the... like, yeah, like, <laughs> you're like, um, okay, what's going, are we going to get more of these guys? I mean, granted, they are promoting them all the time. Um, it definitely feels like the Vader's number two. <laughs> like, hey, and you're the new Tempest Runner because we lost another one. Like, oh, okay. Um, I felt like the, the Drengear uh, threat was really cool when uh, they were introduced and stuff. I was like, oh, my God, like these guys could be really dangerous. The mystery of how they came about and all that. Like I was I was really excited about that. Uh, and then the comics kind of just wrapped them up super fast. Like I, I didn't absurdly even realize- quick. Yeah, I didn't even realize that their story was wrapped up. I'm like getting to the next book and it's like, oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, and, you know, Avarice or whatever, she took care of them a while ago. And I'm like, wait, what? Like how how the it 
and I haven't even finished that story arc, but I'm under the impression that it was kind of like every kind of uh, vampire story ever where they killed the main one and then the threat just all dies. Like, I I hate Mm. that. I absolutely can't stand it. If that's the case. That's not. Well, yes and no. Um, the (laughs) uh, the, The main one didn't die. They captured the main one and put it into like a stasis. And so you still have the threat there. But once they did that, all of the ones shut down essentially mm-hmm. like yeah and so you, you took out the head one and everybody else died so you're right there but it's not dead interesting so the so the threat could still okay i mean and the threat and could that was come the back, thing yes. was like the threat itself is huge i mean you know you, you they get seeded onto a planet their spores can you know like land on things they're kind of like a hydra like the more you if it, the more you chop them up, the more of them grow back. Like you have to almost vaporize them to get rid of them. They can infect humans, aliens, and they can control people kind of like coral slave seeds from the using Vong. Like they were a seriously cool threat. Like, like, and the fact that the Nile were using them and weaponizing them was like, holy sh! like these guys are vicious. And then they took the threat out and I'm like, once again, like, you know, the, the Nile is in the narrative as being this big threat to the Jedi and stuff. And outside this nullifier device that we get later or, or whatever it was called, uh, it, it just I'm not seeing it like, you know, they're, they're bad pirates and stuff. But I feel like the publishing and the story arc is just keeps neutering all the threats that they could have had. It's like, yeah, they were about to be badass. And then, you know, we, we just we took their weapon from them. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, we are only like two main books into the series that's going to be lasting many years. So we'll see. We'll see where right. they go from here. Right, because we have what three waves in all the three announced? phases, and we're going to have three waves of phase one. Okay, so yeah, there's still quite a bit of this story. I, I mean, that also boggles my mind, like how much story we've already told, and this isn't even the first quarter of the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, looking at the comic books of the year, I'd say we could divide the comic books into two main categories. You had, and then you have like a lot of ancillary comics, but the two main categories are the High Republic comics that, uh, had come out both for IDW and Marvel released, high, um, High Republic comics. And you had the, basically the era between, um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, where most of the other comics are all uh, running out concurrently that led up Mm -hmm. into their major, major crossover event of War of the Bounty Hunters, which also included all those War of the Bounty Hunters name titles uh, as well. And so you had that take place for almost six months, maybe even longer than that, like when it started everything crossing over. And like you're looking at an event that played out in the comics Six months of time in our time lasted maybe a day, maybe wow. two or three in like in in universe time. It was ridiculously overblown um, to the point where there's not much good I could say about it. Like they forced uh, overlaps between the stories. I don't know if you read them at all. Not all um, of them, no. No, but like I like I literally I I on my other podcasts, um, we I sat down and I read thirty issues of the comic <laughs> series in release order, 
of what I hope to be release order because they listed when they were released, um, but they were all jumbled up uh, as they were being released. And even then, like trying to read all the separate lines of comics like Darth Vader, Bounty Hunters, uh, the main Star Wars line and Dr. Aphra all mm-hmm. crossed over with the War of the Bounty Hunters. Like you could read the War of the Bounty Hunters six issues and get most of the story there where all the other comics kind of crisscrossed over it. And some of them, like Dr. Aphra, was pointless. Did not need to be there. Um, I love Dr. Aphra. I love the comic. I love the character. Did not need to be in that series whatsoever. Darth Vader definitely felt forced. And it kind of, um, I feel like, took away from the movies a lot because he was there um, trying to basically, it had all to do with uh, Boba Fett trying to bring Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. That was the entire Mm -hmm. premise of this. And um, really, they wanted to use that as a background story to reintroduce Crimson Dawn into the universe, which that was probably the best aspect of it. Um, Also, the War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha issue, which was their like zero issue. um, That Mm -hmm. one was really good. I, I I did really like that one. So if you were to read any of these, I'd read the War of the Bounty Hunters series. That will give you everything you need to know, and you could skip pretty much all the other comics um, because they are pointless. Um, Would you say that this is kind of like the canon version of the Shadows of the Empire era? It's supposed to be, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, and since Shadows of the Empire was such a terrible book, mm-hmm. um, like I don't know if it was terrible in the 90s, but I reread it last year or this year sometime, <laughs> and it is a terrible book. Uh, absolutely <laughs> horrific um so yeah i'm glad that kind of went away and it this is they're trying to blow too much out of not much there well and that's and so, what gets me about when you got a, a character story like the marky and row one it's like here is a main character who's one of your main antagonists for a story that's doing really good and you're only going to put two issues into them, and yet you've got this other one where you went 19 issues on Bounty Hunters? Like, come on. <laughs> the only reason I can see them going this hard into War of the Bounty Hunters the way they did, and there's even, if I remember correctly, with the, um, you're right, with the uh, uh, Shadows of the Empire, they had a pop-up book called, I think, War of the Bounty Hunters. And it took place in that same, like, during the time frame when Boba Fett was trying to bring Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. And um, I completely forgot where my train of thought was going. Duh. It's gone. It wasn't going to Jabba's palace. <laughs> no, it wasn't going to Jabba's palace. Oh, okay. Uh, this whole time, this whole all these releases with Boba Fett, I think are to get you hyped up for the book of Boba Fett. They're like playing on the fact that Boba Fett is coming in in his own show. And so they're like using that to kind of try to get you into the comic series. I could see that then maybe. Yeah. Like, I, I will they... say too, that, that I liked how with the uh, high Republic adventures stories, that those characters seem to tie into the young Del Rey press novels. Like the ones like, uh, uh, Justin Ireland, uh, Justine Ireland did uh, the Calvin Scott one. Uh, you know those those type of books. Those characters cross into those books more often than they do the Del Rey or even the more young adult uh, Disney press ones. 
Yeah, I believe most of the, um, at least the main High Republic Adventures comic series was written by Daniel Jose Older, who also wrote a bunch of the younger book series. And so mm-hmm. that's why a lot of the characters kind of flip-flop between them. Mm-hmm. I know the um, Race to Crash Point Tower, probably my least favorite of the High Republic books, and one that I couldn't recommend to anybody. And so... Uh, um, but I do really like Daniel Jose Older, and I like the High Republic Adventures comic series, and so it's not his writing style. It's just that particular book I didn't like. Right, right. Yeah, I, I enjoy his writing style for the most part. I think my only gripe is, as we've mentioned before, is how certain characters uh, get introduced and we're just supposed to just automatically know things about them. Like, that's always been a, a peeve of mine. I like to have things kind of, like, spelled out for me more. So when I walk into a room and I see Han Solo... I, I'm going to assume it's Han Solo. I'm not going to automatically know that that's not Han Solo. That's that's uh, somebody else. And they're not going by him. They're going by they, them. But he looks like Han Solo. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. And why Han Solo would automatically look at that character and know that that character is a they, them does not make sense to me. Like, I, I would assume that a character like that is going to have to deal with people misidentifying them if they go by a they them and they look like Han Solo I would assume that the galaxy is going to think that they are a Han Solo type person and are going to misidentify them and that's a missed opportunity and that's like I think the only issue I have with Older's writing is that he's got an opportunity to really flesh out some of the characters that he brings to the table and he kind of plays it safe I kind of wish he would kind of just dwell a little deeper in that water okay I haven't welled into this uh, these pools before because I wasn't on that episode, but I think you misinterpreted that character. I don't think that character looked like Han Solo. I think they were just calling themselves Han Solo, like and that like people like you go around like nobody knows who like not everybody knows who Han Solo is or what Han Solo looks like. And so they were just calling themselves Han Solo, pretending to be Han Solo, where they don't necessarily look like Han Solo. Yes, I can see your confusion where they were going. Um, they're the gender-neutral pronouns. Like, how do they know they're the gender-neutral pronouns? But I don't think that... Um, I, don't even, I don't even know what species that person was. Uh, right, but I don't that, think it was ever established. I, I don't remember. It's It's been quite a while since I read the book. Uh, but okay. I don't think that that person was supposed to look like Han Solo. Like, I don't think that was ever the at- intent of the author. Okay. Well, I can, I can give that one. I, when we do talk more on other stories, I do have another character that, that older is used that kind of falls into that, but maybe you could talk me off that ledge too. <laughs> <laughs> I would say for me, uh, the rising storm was probably my highlight of the high Republic books. Um, when we get to that point, and, and we're still in phase one. I mean, that's the thing that blew me the way about this book is like this story feels like it's something that would be set like in the clima- uh, the climatic center point of your series. It, it felt almost more like a, a star by star type novel than it did like a vector prime at the beginning of a story arc. Um, the Sith goes south fast. You know, I mean, that book, we, we basically see uh, the Republic Fair. And we see the fair go down. Like, I mean, it, it was a huge event to the galaxy. And I, I the way the event played out in the story, I really liked. Like, that's that's some of my favorite style of storytelling when you see in a big event happen and you're just, you're with the characters all the way through it. Like, that to me became one of my absolute favorites of the new canon in a short period of time. I was like, wow, this story just, it compelled me in such a way that I was like, yep, you're going on my top three. Yeah, I feel like 
personally, The Rising Storm and Light of the Jedi, even though they're written by two different authors, had very similar problems for me. And I I liked them. I thought they were good books, but they both they were had weird pacing issues, like where um, they're kind of flip flopped of each other. Where Light of the Jedi was super fast paced at the beginning and then slowed down. Um, Rising Storm, the exact opposite, it was super slow at the beginning, then mm-hmm. super fast paced at the end. And it was a lot of getting thrown from one situation to another situation, bouncing around between different storylines, and that all happened to be happening concurrently. And I could see why some people would like it. It's not my favorite type of storytelling. Uh, Like I said before, Out of the Shadows was probably my favorite of the High Republic stories so far. And that was the most recent print novel uh, released. And uh, that one was a lot of fun. But I also know people who didn't enjoy that one all all the much because of the way it was set up and the way it was paced. And so it's it's definitely personal preferences. I know people that are um, all over the board on the High Republic. So it's... uh, Mm -hmm. It's that's what makes it fun, though, is that you don't know what you're going to get in the future, and it kind of mixes things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that the High Republic has definitely you know, one of the better collaborative works that we're getting right now. Um, I, I feel like they're really paying attention to what everyone else is doing. There's not a lot of, hey, that isn't how this happened in the comic uh, kind of stuff, which is really cool. Unlike what I would say, like, you know, with Bad Batch, you know, Bad Batch premiered on Disney Plus and great show. I absolutely love the show. First episode was a great episode, but it had some glaring issues when you read the Padawan uh, or I mean, uh, Kane and the Last Padawan comic. You know, we have a night and day difference when it comes to, you know, Order 66 happening on the planet Caller. It still happens on Caller, but it's a night and day difference in the comic books. Order 66 happens at night. In the cartoon show, it happens in the middle of the daytime. I mean, I grab my comic, flip through it, and within like six minutes, I could find a way that you could have told the same story that you told in Bad Batch and still made it work with the other comic. But it makes me pause in that aspect of, okay, why don't, in an era of it's all canon, why don't we stop, pull out the comic book, and find a way to tell our story without making the other one not work. Um, you know, now you've got to retcon away how the comic book tells its story, or you've got to find some way in your mind to like, you know, disengage the fact that you got two different aspects to how the story was told. Um, and I don't know if that's a Dave Filoni thing or if that's someone else. I love Dave Filoni, but if this is a Dave Filoni thing, I'm like, Dave, come on, man. Like, you know, you love Star Wars. Give me the full 100% when it comes to doing the background checkings. Don't do 90%. Like, I mean, that really bothered me with just that one episode that just kind of like dumped all over that one moment. Like, dude, why? The rest of that show, though, great. Really digging it. A lot of people, I think the the biggest complaint I hear is that it's Clone Wars Season 8, which to me isn't a bad thing at all. Like, the fact that they're not calling it Clone Wars to me makes sense because the Clone Wars are over by this time frame. We've moved on to something else. I kind of would love to see this show evolve and continue on with characters doesn't have to be characters from this show or even from the Clone Wars, but characters from this era kind of continuing to move on and move into, you know, the sequel trilogy era. Um, I'm liking that throughput with the cartoons and that aspect. Uh, And we're seeing those picked up in the live action shows with the Mandalorian and stuff. But it makes me stop and wonder, you know, is the aspect of how we got the Padawan, uh, I mean, the last Padawan 
crashed into. Is that a felony thing or is that a someone else thing? Like that really, to me, that shouldn't happen in an era of it's all canon. You know, it doesn't seem too hard to grab that comic book while we're planning out how we're going to be doing Kanan Jarrus's Order 66 moment when you already have it written. Like, I, I that just boggles me to this to this day. <laughs> you had a great show and you come out with that one big continuity error. I'm like, mm. and I know that there are fans out there that that one continuity error would be enough for them to just not even watch the rest of the series, which is a tragedy because the rest of the series doesn't have hardly anything like that happening ever again. It's literally in that first episode. The rest of the show is great. Yeah. The, the bad batch. So not my favorite of the series is, and I, I was never a huge fan of the clone wars. Um, when rebels started, I actually was more of a fan of rebels after two episodes than I ever was of the clone wars. It it just, the way it's set up was never for me. And I, Mm -hmm. Um, the Bad Batch kind of continues that. I really get tired of the Bad Batch's um, guest star of the week to the point <laughs> where Hera even took over an entire episode. And like, if you looked at the synopses of the Bad Batch episodes, all of them start with the Bad Batch does this, the Bad Batch does that. The one with Hera doesn't even have the word Bad Batch in it because they are guest stars <laughs> in their own episode. And like, if you're going to call a show, the bad batch, I want to know about the bad batch. I don't want to know about how the bad batch deals with this. So-and-so person from that TV show or that person from the movie. I don't care. And it, it <laughs> really started to bother me. And I love her. I love rebels. Rebels is easily my favorite show, but I did not care um, whatsoever when they, they brought it in. Um, Ironically, and- I cared more about that episode because of the impact it had on Rebels than it did on Bad Batch. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. It was like Rebels episode zero as opposed to the Bad Batch episode whatever. It was not a Bad Batch episode. They should have released it as a separate thing. Right. Um, and uh, the continuity errors, yes, I hated the continuity errors. Right now, as far as I'm aware, there are three major continuity errors associated with the shows. That is one of them. Um, there's the the Ahsoka novel and the um, Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Siege of Mandalore, yes. That that overlap where the Ahsoka novel and the Siege of Mandalore in the last season of the Clone Wars are two very different things. Um, and then there's the Cobb Vanth. Uh, basically, oh, yeah. how does he get his armor in the Mandalorian? Where you have this character straight from the book, like literally from the um, the Aftermath book, and he's barely in the Aftermath book. He gets his armor one way, and we find out what that way is in the book, but he's also telling a story to Din Djarin about how he got his armor, and he's telling it a different way. So is he telling it a different way because he's a liar, and that's just the way he wants <laughs> to remember it? Or is he telling it a different way because it's a different way? And, like, it doesn't... But it makes no sense. It's like you literally took a character introduced in the book, straight out of the book. He's only been in the book. Right, and, and it's only, like, a one-chapter thing. It's not like he's got a big history here. Yeah, exactly. And you changed almost everything that has to do with him. Like, what is the point of doing that? Like, I, I still don't understand what the point... What was the point of that? Right. That, and that's where I'm like, is this a Filoni thing? Like, is Filoni, like, did he learn at the hands of George so well that he's just like, ah, what came before doesn't matter. It's what we're doing right now that matters. <laughs> yeah, it's a, 
Like, those continuity issues like really bother me because they're pointless issues. Like you could have had a different character, not a problem. You could like there. There's literally no reason that it had to be that character. You brought in that character. That's great. You're taking a nod from the books. That's fantastic. Wait, why are you changing? Like really, the only thing we know about the character, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. It's like uh, you bring in Boba Fett and you change his helmet. Like, then why did you bring in Boba Fett and not make it a different character? That's just an analogy. Now that that they actually right. did that, although they did p- change the paint on the helmet, and I know a lot of people like his new color. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he looks plastic. <laughs> he does. He does. Oh, that's man. it. Uh, All right, I'm done keep, with complaining. Keep, <laughs> keeping it in the realm of uh, Disney Plus, uh, you know, one that got me really excited and a little butt hurt at the same time. Uh, Star Wars Visions. Okay, I mean, I got excited because I'm like, hey. We're willing to tell stories that don't fall in Star Wars canon. That's a good thing for Legends fans, right? You would think. Um, And Visions comes out and it's its own thing. It doesn't get a Legends banner. I mean, it could easily have been in canon Legends stories. Would have worked. Slap a Legends banner on it. Now, we're going to make it something totally different. We're going to give it a Visions banner, uh, which basically says that this is canon's version of and level canon like legends kind of stupid in that regard that they did that. Like you could have had this as a great opportunity to market more legends material. Hey, you know, there are things that exist outside of star Wars, just like this. There's also a whole universe of stories that actually connect to each other in their own way. They're all legends books. No, that, that would have been free marketing. That would have been a brilliant way to go about it, but no, we did something different. Uh, and then we put out the Ronin book that ties to these episodes you know, further along that aspect of we're willing to publish books that aren't Star Wars canon, but just not Legends books that are new. Kind of thorn in my side. Yeah, I'm not bitter, Jim. Not at all. <laughs> I should be excited. And yet here I am bitching because I still don't have my Legends books, but they're not willing to tell Legends stories, but they're willing to tell stories outside of Legends. This tells me that they're willing to tell Legends stories. They just don't want to give Legends love. Damn it, that pisses me off. The canonicity of... Um, of visions is something that keeps coming up and it's something I don't think they've ever really clarified. It's not that I don't think it's not that it's non-canon. It's that it's just off to the side of canon and that being canon means that it has to tie into the universe in some way. These don't really contradict anything that they have out there or nothing that can't be easily fixed like Ronin could easily take place in its own section of the galaxy that doesn't have to interact with anything else Uh, and and so it's one of those things like I see it as kind of like a sidestep as opposed to a different room altogether where you have like all your legend stuff in one room all your canon stuff in another room uh, i see this kind of like just outside the door of canon as opposed to in its own room and i could see that to a degree i mean so far with the ronin novelization like the way that kyber is being talked about and presented is definitely different than how it's been presented. I mean, it, not in such a way that Canon couldn't kind of take some of those ideas and, and utilize them more to bring the two more in line. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things. Cause I think Matt Martin posted a, a tweet 
that was similar about saying it being more of an adjacent and those kind of comments always to me, I, I find those are more dangerous because then people kind of misinterpret it like, Oh, you know, cause it's like the Lego star Wars, right? That's not Canon, but they call it Canon adjacent too. And I'm like, in my mind, I have to put it in its own, like the Lego stuff is its own continuity, its own universe, whether it ties with its own stuff or not is its own subject. Like you said with the, it, you know, the Lego stuff is in its own room. You know, I, I just the fact that we see past the sequel trilogy in a Lego cartoon to me doesn't mean that that's exactly what we're going to be seeing with Ray and Finn post sequel trilogy stuff. You know, even though technically when they say it's all canon, my mind says that, well, that should be the case, but that's doesn't des- feel like how they're producing the stuff. I definitely feel like everything in the, the Lego, you know, room has a reality release. Like it's not quite fixed in reality. Like things happen differently in a Lego universe because that's the intent of Lego toys kind of thing. Yeah. So, so like, I, I, like, I equate the in my room analogy, Lego is the room next to Canon, but it has windows in between. So it can see Canon <laughs> and okay. it can imitate Canon, but it's not Canon. I like that. <laughs> you can see Canon. We're going to get it this can really on complex. Canon all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's a one-way so, mirror so that the cannon can't see the Lego, but the Lego can see the cannon. And, uh, right. So interestingly make enough model. for me, when it comes to Visions, <laughs> I came into it bitter. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those, like, if they give some loves to Legends, maybe I would be less bitter about these things. Because all I'm seeing is, like, I'm just seeing excuses that have no leg to stand on. All the excuses they've ever given me as to why they can't tell me new Jaina Solo stories have gone pissed right out the wind when they gave me a book about Ronan based off the TV show that had nothing to do with canon. I'm like, mm. ah, so, so that's for me, like, and I, I'm not saying that there are a lot of fans out there like me, but I know that there are enough fans. <laughs> there out There are like not me. a lot of fans out there like you, Mark. Right, you're, you're, right. You're I'm, one I'm of one a kind. Of <laughs> But there are others out there that this is irritating them, and therefore it makes it where they won't even watch the show. And I'm like, I keep coming back to the thing of Lucasfilm, give an olive branch to your Legends fans. Give us something new that's not in reprint so we can be happy (laughs) instead of being bitter. Like, because I'm just being bitter about it, and I hate that. I don't want to be bitter. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. I did, like I said, I just I, I saw Matt Martin's uh, uh, mention. Basically, his, his comments were, "It's not in canon until it's referenced somewhere else by canon, and then it kind of gets brought in." Similar to like Legends events, where are not in canon right. until they get kind of brought in by the reference. You don't get the whole story through the broad, the bringing in, but you do get the the reference to those events, and right. so the events theoretically would come across. Um, I mean, yeah. That's a, that's a, a convenient way of saying it's Legends and Canon. Yeah, I can see. I, I can see your point. <laughs> I just don't agree with you. Um, right, right. Now, Visions in general, it was interesting. Like, a lot of the episodes, like, you had nine episodes, different creators, different storylines, nothing tying together. It was a lot of them were really good, and a lot of them were not really good. And it just, mm-hmm. it is, like, definitely all over the place but it's what kind of you would expect being given like having seven studios give free reign on these stories um, right 
but I, I did, I did like uh, quite a few of them, and um, I really hate short stories. I am the kind of person that like has a short story collection. I despise it because uh, mm-hmm. I like ongoing stories. And these, even though these were shorter formats, I would like to see them in longer uh, story versions. Kind of like the duel getting uh, expanded in Ronin. That would be ideal, something like that. And, you know, there's a lot of people speculating, you know, what will season two look like? Will we see, you know, return to some of these episodes where we will see them kind of expressed out and, and, you know, unraveling farther down the timeline? Maybe we'll get three, four or five seasons where you know each of these episodes sees four or five episodes that just you know continues that story out um i I think it's cool in the aspect that they're willing to do it uh it it definitely like i said as a legends fan it gives me hope i don't know if we'll ever see anything like that but the fact that they're willing to tell stories that don't actually fall into what we would normally consider canon is hopeful as a legends fan um, I really thought that the, the a lot of the concepts that came forward in these episodes were really cool, especially like with the duel when you see uh, uh, Koru, the Sith witch girl, uh, the bandit, using a lot of different uh, auxiliary pieces on her lightsaber. They gave her the uh, umbrella feature and stuff, the way the Ronin's lightsaber blade was broken, so it was always staying on and stuff. And these are things that are addressed in the novelization. In fact, the entire episode is like the first three chapters of the book. It's um, actually so it's kind of cool. the only place that we get it addressed. Like the reason that Ronan has the sheath and his lightsaber goes into the sheath, like never addressed in the episode. It's only yeah. explained in the novel. Yeah. And, and so far, like I said, I'm, I'm almost done with the novel. There's some really cool concepts that are coming up that are definitely unique ish to star Wars. Um, one of which is like when certain characters die, they're being resurrected as demons. And I mean, it's clearly through the force somehow. And the way the force is presented isn't exactly like light and dark. It's more like uh, a black current and a white flare and how those are used are a little bit different. Um, The Kyber crystals are considered ghosts of people. Like there's a lot of concepts that's still like, I'm like five to six chapters from being done. And I'm still like, very what the hell is going on <laughs> with these concepts yeah like, that doesn't I'm, that I'm doesn't get any better gonna... when you finish the book uh, uh, <laughs> it's really a hoping... lot the whole book is a lot of wait what um uh, but i think i think you're misrepresenting the the kyber crystals i think the kyber crystal is not actually the the spirits of the people but like that's what they at least the one character believes is that the the spirits of the the users of the, the lightsabers are kind of get embedded or the kyber crystals a, a remnant of their spirit sort of thing like it, it's right. more of a belief than a hard set in stone thing okay well that makes more sense because yeah there's definitely one character that puts it out there that these are, are ghosts that need to be put back to rest and then there's other characters that look at them in different lights and then there's like one character that talks about like part of a mirror and like i don't understand what the significance of this mirror is or a certain planet that's no longer there i'm like there's a lot of things that are just so different that when they say you know like it's adjacent of canon i'm like like i don't know like if you brought this in if this concept would work in canon without some serious defining of how it works (laughs) it's it's like i said after reading hundreds of Star Wars novels, there is not another Star Wars novel like it. 
I can honestly mm-hmm. say that. It is so unique. It is like the Japanese culture got put into the Star Wars universe and evolved there. And so you're getting this weird mashup where you take a, two decks of cards and shuffle them together. And I really liked it. It's one of those books that the more I think back on it, the more I liked it. And that's exactly the opposite of the second Thrawn Ascendancy book, Greater Good, where the more I thought back on it, the more I disliked it. Uh, To the point that I'm not looking forward to starting the third book. Um, It's the only book I haven't read, uh, caught up with yet. Um, Just because it's a lot of what I didn't like there. So I'm, I'm, I really liked Ronan. I liked uh, what the author did there. And, uh, oh, I was going to say, it's also something that I can hundred percent see people not liking for legitimate reasons. It's not like people are not going to like this because it's, um, it, it wasn't their style. Like it, it really is so different that a lot of people can go into that book and go, yeah, this just isn't for me. And I'd be on hundred percent on board with you going, Okay, then I, I like it isn't for you. It's not like oh you hate it because of so and so. Like no, no, I can see people legitimately just not liking that book. Right now, if I was going to say that if you were to take this story as it was the Ronan book and say we're going to make it canon, I would be okay with that in one aspect. If you put this at like twenty five thousand years in the past, boom, no problem. I could see this actually working out perfectly well. You say this is five hundred years past, uh, you know, in the past beyond the Phantom Menace won't work it's no, gotta be you're right back yep it has to be deep past and i can see it as its own separate like portion of the galaxy because the jedi are so different in that book they really are not the good guys um the seth are really not the good guys either but they're i feel like the sith are more the good guys than the jedi in that book that if it's its own kind of separate kind of sector of the galaxy kind of like the happen cluster like where you have it, like an isolated sector, I could see it working in that context. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that was kind of where I was at too. Is like you know, thinking more like uh, uh, Dawn of the Jedi era type story and how that was so different. You know, the Jedi being the Jedi in Legends and stuff. I'm like, okay, I could see this in that regard. You know, and and the way that the uh, certain characters were perceiving the Kyber being, you know, they were wrong kind of thing, or they were you know misinformed, um, and yeah, I, I could see that working in that regard, but it have to be farther back. You know, I mean, I feel like that's one thing that Star Wars messes up. Like they've got all this great aspects of, you know, like through time, these things get lost. And then instead of putting it in a time frame where that time it got lost would make sense. They're like, yeah, that happened five years ago. Like you telling me that a galaxy of people are going to forget about Jedi in five. No, no. <laughs> it happened Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> right um i'm glad you brought up thrawn um i was in the same boat uh in fact i was halfway through thrawn and i uh, the second one and i i just set it down i haven't gone back yet um one thing i absolutely love about those books is that they do have character uh lists on them um you know zon brought that back it's something i would hope all the books would continue to do. I find that that is a very helpful thing. You know, I'm constantly talking about it, but the fact that there is an author out there that has books in the new canon that does have it. Kudos. Thank you for that. Uh, but I think the problem I'm having with those Thrawn books is, is a lot of the names and stuff are really long. It makes, you know, I, I, I have a hard time saying characters like Padme, Coran, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, give me these ones with little, uh, you know, extra letters in there i'm like mm, i'm just gonna have to just guess on this and oh god 
I think oh, that's on, where the some easy names. Yeah, I think that's where the audiobook helps because oh, the author or not the author, the narrator can uh, say the name in such a way that it's more obvious who they're talking about or who is speaking as, as mm-hmm. opposed to in the book, you're just going off maybe a change in a couple letters in a long name that looks very similar. And so I feel like I had an advantage there in the audiobook. <laughs> uh, when it came to video games, we only have what the Oculus uh, game that came out. Yes. Uh, for r- not re-releases, um, the Oculus tales from galaxy's edge. Uh, this is the second release for the game. And uh, originally they were looked like they were going to release at least three expansion packs. Cause that's how they had it set up. This mm-hmm. is the only expansion pack. And this is listed as the final um, the conclusion of the story. So this is all we are getting is these two stories. I have not played it yet. I do own it, uh, but time is a um, drifting current, and I don't uh, I don't have much of it. <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention in December was we had the uh, dropping of the trailer for the new Star Wars game, Star Wars Eclipse. Um, we don't even know when that's coming out. Could be 2024. Um, they say it's... Yeah, they say it's early in the production, but they do have that looked like a full trailer. So it's a question right. is like, was it like the old Republic where they got another studio to do the trailer, or was that in studio the trailer made? Um, that's a High Republic uh, game as well. Oh, nice! And I saw you know there was another one where uh, it looked like characters fight each other like Star uh, uh, Street Fighter. Uh, we also had. Republic Commando, uh, the Pod Racer, Bounty Hunter, and a couple other games were uh, reintroduced digitally for platforms like PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox, stuff like that. Nintendo so Switch, those. I think, got quite a few of the old yeah. games. Yeah, they got KOTOR too, I believe. Fine. Yeah, I, d- I don't want to get into it now, but the Eclipse game uh, is getting severe bad press on the internet because of the publisher. Um who apparently is uh, when you take a list of video game publishers and a lot of them are just not great people. Uh, this seems to be at the bottom of that barrel. Like the, 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 the guy who owns the studio is a real um, like terrible human being. Uh, yeah. I, I, I thought it was weird. You know, the trailer drops and stuff and then they're like, Oh, we have no plans for this for a couple of years. I'm like, well then why would you, I, to me, that seems like a mistake to put out this great looking storyboard and then be like, but well, we got nothing in, you know, get, like Star Wars fans in general are like piranha. But I, I feel like the gaming side of our fandom is chummed water piranha, <laughs> you know, like that just seems like you just slit the wrist on somebody and dunked them into that water. Like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's there's almost nothing good on the internet after that trailer was released. And the trailer looks fantastic and has nothing to do with like the, the way the trailer looks, but uh, right. a, a lot of people are upset about the publisher. It makes you just kind of wonder like, you know, we didn't need this trailer right now. The trailer looks glorious. Why not sit on that until you have more good things? Because yeah, just the, the fallout on that doesn't look good. And it, like you said, it's not the trailer that's bad. It's not the trailer that's getting the flack. It's that the trailer is brought forward these other things to the public eye and people are, are commenting on that and I mean, oh. that's something that I don't really know too much about but you know just from the trailer it looks cool it's interesting looking 
Yeah. Speaking um, of trailers that looked bad, we got a lot of information on the Galactic Star Cruiser this year. Uh, oh, yeah. Where they um, they opened up boarding for Galactic Star Cruiser, which is going to open up uh, beginning of March of next year. I do not have the money to go yet. But they mm-hmm. did release a couple of trailers, kind of trailers, kind of getting people to see what's going on there. Um, it's not 100% finished. And so mm-hmm. the, the trailers, I, I've seen a couple of them. They showed one where you are in a room with a lightsaber deflecting uh, basically energy blasts that are being shot at you. And it looks uh, not the greatest. It looked very similar to something um, like I had as a plug and play game that came out like 2005. Oh. Uh, that came out. With, and it, it, I don't know if the video of the experience was bad or it's a bad experience because obviously I've never been there. It's one of those like, uh, yeah, that does not look good and apparently they had another trailer which i had not seen that disney eventually took down because it was getting so much flack it made the um star cruiser look not great and this is something like i am super pumped for but again right it's a lot of money a lot everybody knows it's a lot of money even people who are going know it's a lot of money Isn't like eight thousand <laughs> a ticket something like that no right? so if if you are a two-person family it is roughly before taxes i would assume um a little over 4800 for two nights uh three days two nights um okay and that can you can get in one room you can get three or four people depending on your family uh four people would run about six thousand dollars i and I'm with you. I mean, I'm excited. Like, you know, the whole going to Batu thing and, and immersion is really cool. But the concept of you're going to be on the Halcyon, that the hotel was built to look like the ship. And the fact that in universe, the ship has been functioning for over, you know, 200 plus years. Uh, you know, I mean, because it's, it's running at the time of the New Republic, or I mean, the High Republic. And it's going all the way into the sequel trilogy time frame and still operating. That's kind of a, a testament to itself in universe. Like it's never been raided by the Nile. It's never been taken over by the Empire as a slave ship or any of this stuff. Or maybe it has, and we'll find out about that stuff when you're writing it. Um, but the fact that there are going to be characters that you can interact with in the hotel on the, the ship, as it were, and the characters uh, and, are there 100 percent of the time. Like uh, you are basically living, larping for real. Like this is like a yeah. Um, you are in the story. And, and they're as laid back as you want to be. Like, you could take this 100% full LARP, or you could be the guy that's like, you know what, I'm going down to my my Disney park, and I'm going to go over to Animal Kingdom, and I'm not going to be in Batu today. They don't well, care. you can't, well, you can't leave the hotel. If you are there for the two-night stay, you are, like, there. I don't think you're allowed to leave. Really? Because I thought that they had had said that once you get to the park, you could do whatever you wanted kind of thing. I, yeah, I, so I was under the impression when, that you had to go to the planet still the same. And then, and then you got out, but if from, you're trapped on the ship. Then... So from what I, from what I hear, you are literally, it's like a cruise ship. You are on, on the ship a hundred percent of the time. You can't, you, they do take excursions to Batu, And when you are in Batu, you can go anywhere in Hollywood studios. Like that is part of your ticket, but um, like they're not going to be standing at the gates of Galaxy's Edge, not letting you out of Hollywood Studio into the rest of Hollywood Studios. But you can't go to other parks because you don't have tickets to those other parks. 
Okay. Interesting. I guess if you had a ticket, you could park hop from there, but you're already spending so much money to be part of this immersive experience. Why would you do that? <laughs> right. And that was what I thought immediately when they're like, and you don't have to do it. You could do whatever you want. I'm like, but you're paying so much. Like, you know, I, I would want to do it because, okay. So one of my, one of my, uh, uh, my best friends, he's uh, one of the other scout masters for our local troop. He's going to Disney world. And I was telling him about this and I was like, so I, I showed him Tom from ion cannon. You know, Tom goes down to Batu all the time. Cause he lives over in that area. And I showed him what Tom kit bashed for his phone case. And, and Brian was like, well, why, why did he do that? And I'm like, well, cause when you go there, you know, you download the app and it turns your phone into a data pad. And so the screen looks all Star Warsy. And so I showed him the pictures that Tom did and how he just, you know, kit bashed it with a couple of models and stuff. And you know, Brian does models all the time. So Brian's like, oh, I might have to do that. I'm like, trust me, dude. Like, you, you know, and I showed him pictures of of Bethany and Aaron from, uh, you know, from Star Wars Bookworms and Bethany from Star Wars Report with Riley and everybody and, and William when they were all there and they're wearing their, you know, like Indiana Jones type clothes. But it looks more like Star Wars in universe because you can't be confused for a cast member, but you can wear clothes that look like you're in the universe, but just not too close kind of thing. So I was explaining that to him and stuff. And he's like, okay, this sounds really cool. And I'm like, yeah. And then when I told him the ticket price, he's like, oh, but yeah. So you're definitely at the price of what you're paying for. It's a fan experience. You know, oh, this yeah. isn't for somebody casual unless you're into LARPing. <laughs> and even then you are a, you're into Star Wars LARPing is exactly what it is. And it, it's, this is like, I want to do this. I want to hundred percent do this and my wife will do it with me. Um, but it's when we're in a more financially stable place is really right. all it's coming down to. And I know people that are doing it cause they are in that financially stable place. And I'm like, I, I'm pleased as hell that they get to do it. I just, I, I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking forward to the first reports of the first few cruises coming out i mean because you know you and i we follow a lot of different fans uh that that have the cash that already have their tickets booked uh and I, i'm looking forward to seeing their experiences especially there's two of them that are like me where you know they pay attention to certain details of the time frame and stuff because like there's a part of me that wants to show up and get tongue-in-cheek into it with somebody about the dish on the falcon and why it's been changed yet again or why kylo ren's helmet has been magically fixed even though it should have the red cracks like you know it's, just, it's kind of fun to poke at the continuity errors that the park could fix but they're choosing not to i feel like <laughs> the dish is more geeky and the <laughs> But the the helmet, the Kylo Ren helmet, is blatantly obvious. Like anybody, like that is one in the movie. Like they call out in the movie. Like the dish, I can see the dish being uh, one of those. Like most people won't notice that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> and, and with the dish, you could even do a quick running gag, like how it was all. You know, was it Lando's ship or Han's ship? Like which dish was on there? Well, you know, Chewie knocked the square one off. We put a circular one back off. Then Ray knocked it off. We're just going back and forth, really. <laughs> that really, that's what it is. It's like that ship has lost more dishes than um, than a china shop. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Dish. I was playing off mm-hmm. like I, I, I was gonna take the pun <laughs> to the next level, but you went china shop. I was like, oh, he went full circle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of full circle, Jim, is we have anything else to really cover on the year of 2021, or are we about ready to punch it out of here? <sighs> That's I think. I hit everything that I wanted to. I did. I definitely wanted to talk the comics and um, 
my, my feelings on them. I really like the High Republic comics. I think that those are going really strong. Um, they've been keeping up with the books fairly well, so you kind of get like brief bursts of time from them. The regular comics, not so much, but that's more of a, I think, the publishing initiative forced them to tell stories that didn't fit with their 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 line. Uh, the mm-hmm. books generally, um, High Republic has been far and away most of the books. We got the last Aftermath trilogy, not Aftermath, um, Alphabet Squadron trilogy book, and uh, the last two of the Thrawn books. Besides that, Ronin and High Republic. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked, yeah, we Queen's talked Peril. all those. Yeah. And so I think that those are the major releases, Disney Plus releases um, aside. And we, yeah, we, we hit all the major stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking back on one of my old blogs uh, and it was interesting. One of the things that struck me was, you know, I was talking about how you always had the Sith, you had the Jedi, you had the rebellion, you had the empire and in legends, you had the Mandalorians, you know, they were this big, big thing in legends, but Canon never really touched on it. And I'm like, wow, you know, Canon has been touching the heck out of the Mandalorians lately. Like, you know, you definitely have a resurgence of uh, Mandalorian lore, culture, and, you know, details. Uh, and I've definitely have been enjoying that side of things. Looking forward to seeing where we go with that more in the future. And ironically, though, they're not factoring into the High Republic at all yet. No, but we have um, the one TV show that is supposed to be the High Republic, so we'll see. Uh, the Alkalite? Alkalite, that's right. I'm thinking Alchemist. I'm like, that's not right. What <laughs> I couldn't remember the name <laughs> of the show. Words are right? escaping me, apparently. Well, it's just funny because, you know, Legends, when they went to the Old Republic and the KOTOR eras and all that stuff, I mean, Mandalorians, that was one of the, the eras that they featured predominantly in, and yet here with the High Republic... We've left them pretty much alone. Like, and mm. uh, kind of makes you wonder what they have in store. <laughs> I would. You're right. I would like to see the Mandalorians kind of drop into the High Republic, just kind of like this group out of nowhere. And I can see them doing it. Like all of a sudden, like leave them alone. Like we're gonna need help. Like we don't need help from that scum. Um, mm-hmm. And like the Mandalorians show up, or even like the Mandalorians showing up, being like, "We hear you got a Nile problem." You need us to take care of it. Love to see like a crusade campaign with them going up against them or something. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I thought it was funny. Like, you know, the, how, how time marches on and the perceptions of the fans change and shift with the content that's out. <laughs> oh yeah. Now that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. And remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. And as always, we encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. You can find links to our episodes on both our Twitter and our Facebook page at SWBeyondFilms, or just type in Stars Beyond the Films in the search bar. 
Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It's one of the best ways to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. Not only can you post comments to us about the show, we love interacting with you fellow fans. So if you have any Star Wars and or Legends questions, or you just want to comment about a past show, fire off. You can always email us at swbeyondfilms at starwarsfanworks.com. And remember, for our 10th anniversary, we have that delicious contest where you can win a copy of Resistance Reborn. To enter, share your favorite episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films on your preferred social media platform and send us a message on Facebook with the link to your post included. Please include your name and address, and we will select a random Beyonder on Podcast Day 2021. Again, that's February 7th. We'll be announcing that winner on our Facebook page, so good luck there. And lastly, before we go, we want to mention to you our sponsors, Audible. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report, you get a free trial run of Audible to see what they're all about. Our sponsors have more than 100,000 titles. You can explore the Star Wars Expanded Universe or any other genre without risk of being stuck with a book you flat out hate because Audible members, they can exchange any book within 12 months. That's one year with no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making that switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. So once again, for Stars Beyond the Films, it's been Mark and Whistler. And Jim. Saying thanks for listening and may the force be with you. And don't quote us the odds that when you hear this after the Book of Boba Fett has been released, that it is good as we are hoping that it will be. Oh, man, how bad would it be that it was a flop? Like, how do you flop Boba Fett? <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> well, he flopped into the Sarlacc. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He flopped right off the side of that sail barge. <laughs> he was a blind guy with a stick. <laughs> Boba Fett. And not like Daredevil. <laughs> not Chirrut Imway. <laughs> no, no, this is a guy who's not used to being blind with a stick. <laughs> Here at Star Wars the film. Oh my god, I'm tongue-tied today. Good bloopers, Jim. Good bloopers. We haven't had in a while. We haven't had some good. That's that's I'm sorry. That's uh <laughs> Get it, get in, and get it done, and get out. Right. That's because uh, we're efficient. Except for that's my motto of life. <laughs> I don't know if my computer has decided to go stupid because I'm not hearing you anymore. I'm hoping you muted, and it's not a connection thing like it was the other night. It's me and David. That was no fun. But it shows that you are unmuted, so I'm thinking it's a connection thing. Damn you, computer. Huh. Testing, testing. Okay, that's good. Can you hear me, Mark? I show I'm connected and I have internet access. Jim, are you muted? I don't hear you. Testing, testing. Says it's working. Mark, are you there? Testing, testing. Alright, hang it up. Well, call kill. Calling back. Well, that was crazy. Testing, testing. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it 
my computer goes funky when I like switch some of the settings. And okay, perfect. It, it, <laughs> I thought it was it, like, my end at first. <laughs> no, it was me. I didn't even realize that uh, I had done it because I it switched the settings because I was trying to turn the the Skype volume down, and it um, when I switched the settings over, everything got all screwy. Aha, well, that's cool. That's, I, I, like I said, I thought it was my connection. Me and Dave, when we were doing Marvel Cast, the first 30 minutes was it just saying, nope, no connection, no connection. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> All right, I got... That is... Uh, I am recording on my end. Sweet. You are recording on Skype's Skype. Skype's recording. All right, then. Did it do it again, though? Because you were talking and then you clicked. Click? Oh, you're back. Good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really click. I just stopped talking. <laughs> oh, perfect. I was, I'm uh, gun shy now. Uh, what's Skype going to do next? All right, then. Uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. I will start us in a second, then. <laughs> and as always, we encourage you to... Okay, I can do this, Jim. I can do this. Sure, you can. We we can we can end this episode today <laughs> or tomorrow. We'll just keep talking. I'm sure my family won't mind if I'm just sitting here <laughs> nope, for days. No I, I I mean I can't come to dinner. Mark won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs>